prayer together does not come naturally to me. Me personally, I'm more of a, if you want it done right, do it yourself. Anybody else do that, feel that way? My dad owns a business, and so I can't tell you how many times he's been at work and he's just said, you know what, just get out of my way. Sometimes he said that to me. <laughs> and because sometimes whenever you're trying to get something done, it just feels like nobody understands what you're trying to accomplish, and it's frustrating. Now, for me, it's more of I just don't like asking for help. Anybody else like that? Just don't like asking for help. And it's not that I don't think people would help. It's just that I don't like being told no. And so I, and instead of giving you an opportunity to tell me no, my natural instinct is to just do it myself. Now, as a pastor, that becomes a problem, doesn't it? <laughs> so that's something that over the course of the last 10 years, I've been working on and working on delegating and bringing other people in and letting them help me because what I have found is that I can't do everything. Anybody else figure that out yet? Especially when it comes to the kids. I can entertain. I can chauffeur. I need help with the stinky diapers. Glory to the Lord. How, how, anybody else need to, where my husband's at need help with stinky diapers? Grandparents? Y'all are something else. We are not having anything for Father's Day next year because y'all just hung me out to dry. <laughs> not doing nothing for Father's next year. <laughs> I don't do, naturally, it, it doesn't come naturally to me to ask for help. And so it's something I have to stretch myself in. And, I, and that... And the reason that I figured out I needed help is because there have been times in my life that came in and they were tough. And, and some of those times came into my life where I didn't feel comfortable being transparent with people and saying, hey, I need help. And so what would happen in my life a few times is I would feel like I was having to fight these battles all on my own. And it wasn't good. Because I figured out God didn't intend for us to do faith and to do life alone. You know, for example, I, I lift weights still. So I'm like part-time now, okay? But back in the day, I was really serious about it. And, uh, and, and I used to bench press and all these other things. And, I, and there was a time in my life where I thought I had to be the strongest guy in the gym, you know, that alpha male thing. And, and so there were times where I would get in there and I'd see, you know, put you know, a lot of weight on the bar. And people was like, you need a spot? And I'd be like, no, nah, bro. You know, you kind of flex your ego a little bit. Anybody else flex your ego as a little kid? Yeah, you did. So I'd get under the bar. I'd be bench pressing. But i tell you what eventually happened one day. Somebody said, hey, man, you need a spot? I'm like, no, nah, bro, I got it. Never went back to that gym. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But the weight got too heavy for me to carry. And so I needed help. And it was dumb on my part because if I'd have had people there to help me in the first place, I wouldn't have got stuck under the weight. How many of those are some things we go through in life that if we had been involving people and walking with people through our faith, there are some things that we would get, that we get stuck in that we wouldn't? That if we did faith as a family and if we 
allowed people into our walk with Jesus, they can actually help us in times of trouble. You see, whenever I got under that, that bench press and under that bar, I was like, Jesus, I'm coming home. I, I couldn't get up, <laughs> you know? And that's how life feels sometimes as we get under these bars and under these weights. And it feels like, man, I'm out here on my own. And I can't get up. It's like the devil comes into our life and he knocks us down and we literally feel like I can't recover. We get hurt and we get disappointed and we think, man, I just can't get over this. Somebody say, lean on me. And what we find, what I found whenever I got to that point in my life where I got under a, not, not a barbell, but the weight of life, and I was there by myself, I figured out, man, I'm doing Christianity wrong. Because I went to the Bible, and we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, but what I find interesting is that in the New Testament, the church was not full of lone rangers. Instead, Jesus, whenever he got called into the ministry, the first thing he did was what? He went to fast. He came out, he got baptized, went to fast, and the first thing he did after that was surround himself with 12 people to do life with. And so I see in the Bible, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more, that God doesn't want me to do Christianity by myself. Instead, Christianity is done better together. And so, so why are we tempted to do it by ourselves? Well, some of it's just natural. But we also have to understand that it's the devil that wants us to live life like an island. You know, a few weeks ago when we had those hurricanes come through, uh, it was horrible. And I'll tell you what, some of the people that I was most concerned about, there were those that were on those islands down there that were getting hammered. Because I got to thinking to myself, where are they going to go? You know, Irma was horrible. There are some places that were demolished. And I was thinking to myself, where are they going to go for cover? They're literally a little speck in the middle of the ocean, and the hurricane is coming straight for them. What are they going to do? There's nothing they could do because they're literally an island. And if you couldn't get off the island, they were just in trouble. You see, the devil wants us to live, do life like an island because there's not a covering. Whenever we do life like an island, we don't have a support system. When we say, you know what, I'm okay. I'll take care of it. I don't need people. I got it. What we're saying is, you know what, I'm strong enough to hold myself up. And the truth is, is that, yes, Jesus will carry us through. But that doesn't mean that he didn't intend for us to live in families of faith. In fact, Jesus himself, the first thing he did is he surrounded himself with a family of faith. And when we decide to be a spiritual island, we put ourselves out in the middle of this ocean with no covering. And whenever the devil comes in with storms and with waves and with attacks... We're out there by ourselves. Some of you are there today where you are under attack and, the, and there are things going on in your life and you can't understand it and you can't make sense of it and you feel like it's about to crash down on you. And, when, and the biggest problem isn't the, the problem. It's that you're out there by yourself. Jesus didn't intend for you to live life that way. Instead, it's his goal and his will that we live in 
community. And so the devil wants us to be an island all by ourselves, without a covering, without relief. You know, one of the best things in my life is knowing that when I get in trouble, there's somebody I can call. A few weeks ago, I did a sermon. Who are you going to call? Of course, we're going to call the Lord first. But God places people in your lives. Not to gossip in your life. Not to gossip. But to go to and say, you know what? Like, for instance, Larry Evans used to be a youth pastor here for a long time or, or a long time ago. And he's, he's pastor family worship center. And I'm telling you, I talk to Larry probably once every two weeks. And I love that I have someone that I can call. And I can say, man, I need help. Or, man, I, I need prayer. Or, man, I need, I, <laughs> I just need, <laughs> I just need you to hear me vent. I need you to hear my problems and I need you to guide me. I love that I have people that I can do life with. There are friends that I have that live here, and, and I'm able to do life with them. And when my kids get on my last nerve, and I get in trouble because my wife gets mad at me because I didn't do anything, I, you know, because she's always perfect and I'm not. I can call him and say nothing. I don't say anything when I call. We don't talk about you. <laughs> But I have people in my life that whenever things just aren't going right, I can call them and, and they're there for me. And today I want to ask you as we get into this message, who's there for you? Who's there to hold you up? And I know you're going to say, well, I got Jesus and that's all I, all I need. I agree. But Jesus has put you in the body of Christ. And the Bible says that the arm ain't going to hop off the body because it got in, a, in an argument with the head. And the head ain't going to hop off the neck because they disagreed about something that they did, they, whatever. Instead, there's one body, and you are a part of that body. Look to your neighbor and say, you too. And that means that God, yes, he'll carry you through, and he'll provide the healing you need. And at the end of the day, Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. But he designed the body of Christ for us to live together to help each other get there. Why was there 12 disciples? They were a small group. They were a family of faith. And I believe with all of my heart that Jesus designed these 12 disciples to help each other. After Jesus was crucified, what did they do? They scattered when he got arrested, but almost immediately they came back together. Why? Because you need people to do life with so that whenever everything goes wrong, you have people to help you through. Who helps you through? Who helps you through? Who is your family of faith? Who is your inner circle that you go to when things get hard? You see, the devil wants us to be spiritual islands. And some of us, we feel quite comfortable there. But the problem is that the Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Isn't that what the Bible says? And when I think about lions, who do they devour? Like, I don't have enough time to do that, but they, 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 they devour the ones that are separated from the pack. The, the devil devours those that are weak and lonely, and, and, and the pack is up here, and they're just straggling behind. That's who lions attack. 
And so what I need you to understand today is that you may be in a tough spot and you may feel alone and you may feel like you're struggling. And, and, and because when you get to that point, naturally you kind of pull away from community. But that's dangerous because that means you're separating yourself from the covering that God has put you under. And you have a big target on your back. Because the Bible says he's like a, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for people who say, you know what, I'm doing it by myself. The devil looks for people who says, you know what, I don't need people in my life. I got Jesus and that's all I need. Why? Because he can throw thing after thing after thing at them. And you know what happens whenever you are attacked and attacked and attacked? You may be holding on to Jesus, but I guarantee you, you get weak. Because eventually what you say is, God, why are you allowing this to happen? The first time you say, no, I believe in Jesus and, and, and he's going to take care of me. I may have gotten a bad doctor's report, but Jesus is going to take care of me. I may be disappointed, but Jesus is going to take care of me. That's where we start. But then whenever the storm continues and another thing comes and another thing comes and another thing comes, it goes from I know God will to I wonder if he will. And it's at that point that you are that lone ranger and the devil's got his eye on you. It's at that point where you separate yourself and your faith goes from I know that God will to maybe he will because of all the things you've been through and your faith weakens. It's at that point that the enemy is eyeing you because you're in a place of weakness and struggle and there's nobody there to help you. You see, the devil thrives and lives on lone rangers. Think about people you know that fell out of fellowship with Jesus. I remember a few years ago, we had a, we had a back pew back here. And it literally sat on that back wall. And we actually took it out a long time ago. And uh, it was kind of funny when we took it out. I think we took it out when Brian was here, I think. Pastor Brian was here. And I remember we used to always joke about that back pew. It wasn't really funny, but it was like an ongoing thing. We could always tell when people are about to jump out of church because they would hit that back pew. Something would happen. They wouldn't return phone calls. They'd hit that back pew. We wouldn't see them for six months. Physically, they would be separating themselves from the body. Who do you trust in today? Who do you go to? Who is your support group? Who, who is your family of faith that you're surrounding yourself with today? If you're out there on your own, I guarantee you, the devil has his eye on you. He thinks he can weaken your defenses. He thinks that he can get you to lower your guard. He thinks he can take you out. And here's a scary truth. He probably can that's tough. Some of y'all are thinking right now, no, I got Jesus, and you just said that greater is he, that's he than, than he that's in the world. He is, but sometimes we get so tired of fighting, we just give up. You know, there's a story in the Bible where there was a war going on, and Moses had to keep his arms raised. And as long as he kept his arms raised, God's children, they'd be winning the fight, but his arms would begin to lower they'd start losing the fight and so Moses had to have people come in and actually help keep his hands raised I need to tell somebody today 
You can't do it on your own. And if you try to, eventually you're going to fail. You're going to falter. And you're going to look up one day and say, what happened? I know because I've done that. I've done that where I've said, you know what, God, I got it. I didn't have it. You know, kind of like whenever I was under that, that barbell and I had those four plates on there. And, and I was like, okay, I got it. I don't need a spot. I got it. Almost caved my chest in. I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital because I didn't have it. I needed a spotter. I needed somebody in my life that was going to walk with me through that and help me whenever it got too heavy. He lives on Lone Rangers. And so here's the truth. Here's the truth of God's word. If you have your Bibles, we're going to read this scripture in just a second. God's will is that we stay connected to a family of faith. God's will is that we stay connected to a family of faith. The Bible says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and, and, and to prayer. Everyone, somebody say everyone. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and sights performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold, uh, <laughs> they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily. Today, very quickly, I want to give you th the three C's of community. I want to give you today three C's of community. God is calling us to do life together. And I believe there's three C's that we're going to talk about. You see, the first thing is in a family of faith, there's a covering. In a family of faith, there is a covering. In times of trouble, a family of faith, they can cover us with prayer and support. You know, I, I think back a few years ago whenever uh, an aunt, my aunt died, it was really hard on me. And, and, and I'll tell you, the best thing that happened to me in that time was my family of faith here calling me checking me are you all right how are you doing just want you to know i'm praying for you so in a family of faith there's this covering and that's huge because that means whenever things get hard someone's there to walk with me i need to tell somebody today you need to do christianity with people you cannot be a lone ranger you cannot do it on your own you need people to help carry you because life will get tough and you need to surround yourself with people that whenever life gets tough, they're going to help carry you through. And so in, in, under a covering in times of trouble, people of faith can surround us. When we fail, when we fail, our family of faith is there to pick us up. How many have ever failed Jesus before? Come on, let me see your hands. How many have ever failed Jesus before? I, I'll be honest with you, this is a story of mine. A few years ago, several years ago, Miss Eloise Upton, almost everybody here knows her. Uh, I, I was in a bad place in my life, and I, I wasn't in sin. I just wasn't happy. You ever been in that place where you're not, you don't feel like you're falling away from Jesus, but you're just not in a good place? And I'll never forget, I was sitting back there uh, in the middle in the back. <laughs> I'd hit the back pew of the middle of the church. And uh, maybe Miss maybe Eloise had talked to Brian about this back pew, and I, I don't know, but... 
Uh, but I had hit the back pew, and Miss Eloise came by. And Eloise didn't have no tact. Like, I, that's one of my things I loved about her. Is she, she just said it, you know. And uh, she just came up to me, and she was, she was crying. And uh, she, said, uh, she said, Jay, I don't know what's going on, but you need to come to the altar, and you need to pray. And my first thought, because I love Jesus, was, are you serious? Why are you talking to me right now? <laughs> Seriously? Um, and then, but, and literally, I'm not going to say I, I got excited. She literally said, no, you're coming with me. Because <laughs> that's the kind of lady Eloise was. And she brought me up to the altar. And it was so cool because, Miss Karen, will you come play for me? We'll get ready to close. It was so cool. Not in the moment. In the moment, I'll be honest with you, I was frustrated. But because she was willing to be a part of my family of faith, she helped pull me through, <laughs> even whenever she didn't know what was going on in my life. And maybe you're sitting here today, and you've got things going on in your life, and you're not sure how you're going to get through. If I did not have people that I trusted, and people that I depended on, I would not be where I am today. We were built. We were built for community. We were built to lean on each other. You may say, well, Pastor Jay, I don't trust church people. And this is going to sound harsh, so hide your toes if you need to. Sometimes you just got to do it anyway. Because we like to think like I would know, like you say, well, they've hurt me before. And we say it like we've never hurt anybody. We say, well, they lied on me. And let's just be honest. Maybe there have been people in our lives we haven't told whole truths about. You say, well, they weren't there for me when I needed them before. Why would I trust them now? Like we've been there for everyone who's ever needed us. I'm not telling you that family's perfect. That would be a lie. That would be a downright lie. Because, and I got a picture. Sometimes family looks like this for a bad family. That's what family looks like sometimes. That's real talk. Ready to choke each other. I'm feeling those pink walls too, man. Sometimes family looks like this. Because we aren't perfect. In fact, a lot of times I feel like Homer Simpson. Don't. There are times where I'm sure... People want to choke me. There are times, this is real trans, I ain't going to say it, but y'all know I'm going, you know, something I want to, you know, too. <laughs> now I'm going to say it, you know, you just got to read between the, read between the hands. It's, but that's because we're imperfect. I am going to do stuff that's going to make you mad. I've been here for eight months. I've probably already done stuff that's made you mad. I'm sorry. It's 
it's probably going to happen again. And there may be some of you that have made me upset. My mom lived with me for 20 years. I guarantee I've said her a lot. <laughs> I don't need no help right there, mama. <laughs> but she's still my mom. She's telling me, you can't divorce me. I'm always going to be your mama. <laughs> now I got on Google. I said, yes, I can. Anyways, she's always going to be my mom. And we weren't always perfect. I was right more than she was most of the time. <laughs> but we're still family. And I tell you, a lot of us give up on community because we feel like, well, that's what church looks like all the time. But it's not. Yes, church people disagree because we are flawed. All of us, we are all flawed. But what I have found, now, I've learned something in life. Like, we, Christine and I will be married seven years this year. The first year was the honeymoon. The second year was, was all right. We had a baby, so it, so it kind of uh, it hit us from the third year slump that people say are there. But after seven years, I have found sometimes we look like this <laughs> because we're flawed. But what I have found is that if you can deal with this and you can figure out a way to disagree but love each other, then you'll get to this next picture. <laughs> Anybody know who this is? You see, go back to the other picture. People think, people think that if you get this in church, then you just got to leave because it's a bad church. And I'll be honest with you, there was a time in my life I felt that way been married for seven years been married to this church for ten and what I have found is yes this is going to happen this is going to happen but it doesn't mean that community isn't good because sometimes you gotta fight a little bit and deal with some stuff come on somebody Christine and I sometimes got to disagree so we can figure out what's wrong and fix it you see, I found that if, if you fight through this, go to the, ne to the next picture, that's how you get that. You see, whenever Christina and I first got married, we thought that's what life was going to be like. I love you, baby. Every day, you're so awesome. And then, and then, we'll just say, and then. <laughs> But what I have found is that if we work through the end then, you see, the devil wants to say, you, you don't need church community because they're a bunch of hypocrites. You don't need church community because they're not really there for you. The devil will tell you, you don't need church community. You can do it on your own. But I need to tell somebody today, yes, the church is flawed. There are people in it. But it can also be beautiful. Some of the most memorable times in my life were whenever I was broken and a family of faith surrounded me. 
Were they always perfect? No. Was the pastor always there whenever I wanted him? No. <laughs> I got to say this. I don't know if I should. I had a pastor supposed to do my wedding, and he couldn't because he got sick. And my best man had to do it. But I still love my pastor. If you want this in a church community, you got to fight through the fight. You got to fight through the fight. It's worth it. I'm closing with this. I believe this with all of my heart. There, I believe, I can say there's no, there are very few evil people in the church. There are strong personalities. Glory to God, there are strong personalities. But I don't know that there's anyone here that would ever say, you know what, I'm going to do something to hurt this person. But whenever we get hurt, we say, you know what, they're just bad. This person did this. And so I'll never trust people in the church again. It's not true. They're not bad. They're human. And today, maybe you're there. Maybe you are an island. And maybe you are looking for community. You're wondering, can I really church, trust a church? There were three C's. First is a covering. Second is a challenge. The body of Christ is going to challenge you. And the third thing change if you're looking for a change in your life you need to be a part of a family of faith if you want to really live Christianity to the fullest you need to be a part of a family of faith would you stand with me and maybe that's you every head bowed and every eye closed maybe that's you and you've said Pastor Jay I feel very alone. I feel very alone. And I need people. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. I need people to surround me with love. I want you to do two things if this is you. I'm not even going to ask you to, to raise your hand today. But if this is you and you know you need community, there are two things you need to do. First of all, you need to commit. You need to get rid of all the excuses about why you can't come to Wednesday and why you can't come to Sunday and why you can't do this. You need to commit to the family of faith that you want to surround you. You need to commit. The second thing, if you're that person and you're saying, I need community, I need people around me. You need to stick it out. It's not always easy dealing with people. And when we trust, sometimes we get hurt. 
That doesn't mean we stop trusting. That doesn't mean we stop putting ourselves out there. That's what family does. And so today I want to pray over you. If that's you, I don't even want you to raise your hands today. God knows, and, and I believe honestly that it's more people than would actually raise their hand today. Let me pray over you, Lord. Lord, we have a great need for community here. Father, we, we at this church, God, we need community so badly. Father, there are people in this room, Lord, and they are struggling, and they feel like they are in this alone. And I pray, Lord, I pray that they would find a place here. I pray, God, that as they go throughout their week and even today before they leave here I believe and I pray Lord that you would put something in their heart that pulls them to commit Father I pray for those that are struggling today I pray that your Holy Spirit would give them strength Lord I pray for those that today feel like they can't take another step I pray that you would place people in their lives to help them, Lord God, and to carry them. Father, thank you so much for your love. We thank you that you loved us enough to save us. Lord, I thank you for placing us in communities of faith where we don't have to do life alone. Father, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. I love you guys. I will see you Wednesday. Surround me